Today on Ag News Daily. And there are other people who also may have internet, but it's, it's not very good and it's not very dependable. Well, listeners, this episode's brought to you by Invita, your solution for season-long nitrogen fixation when and where your crop needs it. Tanner and Jennifer here, February 8th, Wednesday, middle of the week, to bring you the latest headlines. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Tanner. Today is a busy day, but we are ready to get up and at them, right? Yeah, we've got some sun poking through this morning. Of course, that night might not be long lasted, but at least it gives a little bit of a cheerful start to the day. I 100% (laughs) agree. And what's our weather looking like for us today? Oh, you knew I was going to hit that. It Right here in Iowa, we've got about 24 hours under a winter storm weather warning. Eastern Iowa is expecting four to seven inches of snow that might fall tonight into tomorrow morning. Gusts of wind up to 35 miles per hour. We're not the only state that the National Weather Service has under their warning in their maps. Southern Wisconsin up to six inches of snow and strong winds. High wind watches will continue to be in effect for Illinois, Indiana, and parts of Ohio. We'll see as far as the moisture goes, but northern Indiana could see 35 mile per hour gusts up to 50 miles per hour and then isolated gusts up to 60. So damaging winds could blow down trees, power lines, and any structure that is not securely anchored to the ground. So widespread power outages are possible and travel could be difficult. So maybe we went from a beautiful morning to tomorrow. We probably won't be saying the same thing. That does not sound like um, very fun, in all honesty. But on the brighter side, Mexico has given us an update on our U.S. GMO corn import um, agreement. Mexico will soon publish a new degree regarding the import of GMO corn that Mexican Secretary of Economy Raquel Buenrostro said will address U.S. concerns on the Mexican action, according to a Reuters report. The new decree will indicate that if U.S. GMO corn passes the sanitary filters of the Federal Commission for Protection against sanitary risks, it will have no problem entering Mexico, said Bonrostro. Without specifying a date, Bonrostro anticipated a new decree will be published within a few days, which she says will address U.S. concerns and should eliminate the possibility of the U.S. starting a dispute settlement process against Mexico under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Wow, great. That's a very positive move forward for us. That is great. Last night, of course, uh, was the State of the Union speech. Biden called on Congress to do quite a few things. He looked to fire back up his plans for immigration and labor reform, talked again about tax increases for wealthier people, and also listed a bunch of proposals that will probably be likely to struggle to gain any traction this year in Congress that are associated with the debt limit. President challenged GOP lawmakers over budget plans, calling on House Republicans to propose a budget at the same time his administration would release their proposed budget. They would then Uh, He encouraged them to discuss their mutual plans together, proposing again raising taxes, which Republicans have championed spending cuts. This came uh, obviously with some mixed responses last night at the State of the Union. 
of course, uh, there are discussions that he wants to create a working Congress and not one that is controversial, but the federal deficit is looking to climb even further yet. And Biden says that he wouldn't want to raise taxes on anybody earning less than $400,000 on an annual basis, but look at the wealthiest individuals to pay their fair share and help with the government's debt load. Uh, it is quite an interesting take here, Jennifer, but I think you've got a little bit more news on what came out of last night as well. I do. I am actually looking at a specific incident right now that happened within the State of the Union address. Um, this article is reporting that Republicans jeered the loudest when Biden accused them of planning to cut Social Security and Medicare, as some members of the party have suggested to whom Biden said he would not name. The Republican U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene shouted, liar, and Brian Reynolds also shouted, we never said that. Biden, who seemed to be on the brink of losing control in the room, according to Reuters, seized on the apparent Republican lawmakers' re support for the popular old age and health care programs to say, I enjoy conversion. He then continued on to say, we got unanimity. Social Security and Medicare are a lifeline for millions of seniors. Americans have to pay into them from the very first paycheck they started. So tonight, let's all agree, and apparently we are, let's stand up for seniors. Stand up and show them we will not cut Social Security, Biden continued on to say, as lawmakers from both parties stood. Hey, there you go. There's a little bit of uniformity as uh, we got through the evening. And of course, a lot of you probably took that in. And there is much more analysis in depth. I'm sure we will get more headlines out of that story as well. But first, let's take a quick break here to get a message from our partner. Because have you heard that there's a new nitrogen in town? Invita provides a constant and season-long nitrogen supply, creating directly with the cells of your crop's plants. In Vita, there is no application guesswork. You can choose to do in-furrow or foyer. Invita fits your farm's practices and works all season long to provide the accessible nitrogen your plants need when and where they need it. To learn more about filling your nitrogen gaps during this growing season, visit exoticna.com, A-Z-O-T-I-C-N-A.com. Well, the USDA, Jennifer, put out their economic research services results expecting 2023 farm income to decline by 16% compared to 2022. Smaller government payments, higher production expenses are the two leading causes of this decline. Lower cash receipts comes in at a third place result. The agency forecasted total net farm income to come in at 136.9 billion after adjusting for inflation, that will be the fifth highest net farm income since 2002. Net cash income, which does not include depreciation, changes inventories and cost of operator dwellings, is a forecast that is looking to decline 20% relative to 2022. So when you take out potential inflated home values, Jennifer, that decline is a 5% greater margin. 
they uh, Matt Bennett, an Illinois farmer and broker who we've had on our podcast before, said, what I know is the most ex- this will be the most expensive corn crop the U.S. farmer will ever have put in the ground. He states that we run a risk that if the market ends up turning out on us, we could be in a situation to where we would be underwater even with phenomenal yields. So the Illinois, Illinois Farm Doc team also issued a statement stating that the average return of $72 per acre for corn grown in high productive Illinois ground is their prediction for 2023. However, the last two years, they've seen more than $300 an acre return on investment. So it doesn't look positive for farmers to expect record boosting income, Jennifer, but it is still good news that the projected margin is positive, at least for another year for America's corn farmers. Well, that is some pretty good news, I would say. Staying in the positive is always what is an important factor of all businesses. And on a similar note, Brownfield reported on limited dairy expansion expected this year. So although not much expansion is expected, it is still staying in the positive. As a dairy economist discussed herd expansions um, for 2023. In the Daily Dairy Reports, Serena Sharp says record high prices last year were encouraging for some farmers, but short-lived. They're starting to see some modest expansion when they saw dairy cow numbers kind of tick up over the summer, but they also slowly faded throughout the fall and winter, Serena continued to report. While the dairy herd is larger than last year, there are some signs of possible shrinking. We've seen some really big dairy cow slaughters in the past few weeks, she shares, and that's partially related to the bad weather in the West, but also a reflection of the margin pressure for dairy producers. Other barriers to growth, she says, include a small heifer supply, high feed and construction costs, and limited milk processing capacity. So not entirely positive, but not entirely negative either, Tanner. That's correct, but certainly another one for us to keep an eye on, and we have some great contacts in the dairy industry that we could follow up with as things progress. We do have some good news on the USDA front. They have announced that they've simplified their direct loan application. They're looking to improve customer service experience for farmers and ranchers applying for their FSA loans. The simplified direct loan application, Jennifer, is reduced from 29 pages to 13, but to me, the most exciting part as a lender They now have given the producers the option to complete an electronic fillable form, or they could go and prepare the traditional paperwork. So the application for submission at their local FSA farm office is still available, but now the electronic versions will be available starting March 1st. According to their press release, USDA is committed to improving their farm loan processes to better serve all of their borrowers. We're constantly looking for ways to make the application process easier to navigate so more producers are able to complete it. Our new direct loan application is a critical step forward in our efforts to improve customer service and build equity into not just our programs, but also into the services offered. So good news there. I'm sure it will still ask for everything and your firstborn child as some of the funny TikToks that I have seen, but at least now you can file online. Well, I am all out of stories today, Tanner. What are our markets looking like? 
Yes, a perfect time to finish one more ad. So to remember here that there is new nitrogen source that we can put when and where your crop needs it. And it's even become easier to apply. You can choose in-furrow or foliar in beta grows with your plant, colonizing roots and leaves to fix nitrogen within the cells where and when it needs it most. Whether you are boosting yield or reducing your nitrogen inputs, Invita is the partner your crops have been looking for to bridge the nitrogen gaps all season long. To learn more about Invita, visit exotic-na.com, A-Z-O-T-I-C-N-A.com. Well, today's WASDE report, so we will have updates on that to report tomorrow. That comes out at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time today. Argentina's corn production is expected to trend lower. Brazil is expected to have numbers that increase, but we're watching weather as well as that goes. South American production will probably have the heaviest report weighing factors that we have today, but markets are opening up green on the grain side today. Just a tick of a change to 674 for corn. 1525 is where beans are opening, 10 cents up from yesterday's close. And wheat is up two cents to 751 and a half. But now, as we look over at the livestock side of things, mostly in the red, which typically happens when grains are going up, front month live cattle down a quarter, the April cattle contracts down uh, just shy of a penny to 163.60, feeder cattle's down a half to 187.20. Lean hogs in the green just barely for the day with February contract at 75.37 and April's contract coming in at 83.27 and a half for our markets today. Jennifer, great day for news, but now it's time to get into an even better conversation. Who do we have today? Absolutely. Today, we are meeting with Julie Lux. She is the Vice President of Communications with Rural Minds. Mental health is an important topic for everybody, no matter their age or occupation. So today, Rural Minds is joining us, and we have on Julie Lux. She is the Vice President of Communications for Rural Minds. Julie, could you touch on what Rural Minds is? Yes, Jennifer, I am happy to. Rural Minds is a nonprofit organization that was founded in October of 2021, and the impetus for it was the um, the tragic death of our founder and chairman Jeff Winton's nephew, who died by suicide, and. Knowing that this is not a a unique situation for Jeff and his family, they were certainly committed to trying to help um, moving forward other families not to have to suffer this kind of a tragedy. And so the vision of Rural Minds is really to see an America in the future where there's no more silence, suffering, or stigma surrounding mental health. Because in rural areas... The problem is unique. It's different from the way that it is in urban areas. And so we really need to focus on the uh, the rural, um, the rural lifestyle, the rural mentality. And so our mission to do that is to serve as the informed voice for mental health in rural America and to provide mental health information and resources to the people who need that information. That is an incredible story to base everything off of for beginning a organization that is so truly important on spreading the word of something that has so often gone unspoken about. 
What exactly are the Rural Minds initiatives and how do you plan to truly influence this factor of society? We um, we have a variety of um, initiatives either in the works already or, or in process. One that we are very, very excited about is a partnership with the National Grange. As you may know, the National Grange is uh, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, agricultural association in the United States. There are grange halls in small towns from one end of the country to the other. So they're oftentimes a gathering place for for the people in that community. So we have launched a program with the National Grange, which is called um, the Suicide um, Prevention um, Program. And it is, uh, the title of it is Growing Hope Together, because, you know, we can talk about the frightening statistics, you know, suicide um, in rural America is growing, Um not only among adults, but among young people as well, which is you know very, very frightening. So the goal of this program is to really to be positive and to say suicide is preventable and there is help available. So there is uh, information, there are um, warning signs, there is uh, information on the uh, Rural Minds website, ruralminds.org, on the resource page where people can get the uh, the information that we've developed with, uh, with the good folks at the Grange. Uh, the other thing is we know that, you know, there are a lot of terrific organizations already in place uh, that are addressing uh, mental health. And we at first were thinking, well, are we... You know, are we doing something that really provides help? But we have found that while these um, other national organizations that focus on mental health, they aren't yet focusing or on mental health in rural areas. And they've really been very welcoming to rural minds. And we've established various other partnerships, such as Mental Health America, um, we have a fact sheet on rural mental health that was developed in conjunction with Rural Health America that uh, provides, again, more information that uh, will be helpful to people in uh, in assessing their own situation or in looking for ways to find help. Um, we also hope to, we've been talking with the FFA and um, also with 4-H, uh, and hopefully very, very soon we'll be finalizing some programs that will be specifically targeted to young people, because it's, as Jeff likes to say, you know, the young people are the agents of change. They are probably more likely to talk about their mental health challenges than older folks, and so by uh, by reaching young people, we can, it's really twofold. One is helping young people who may be struggling, young people in rural America who may be struggling with their own mental health challenges, but also these are the young people that can provide encouragement to, to other generations that they're not alone and that there is help out there and there are kind, sympathetic ears that are ready to listen. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. It is so much easier to start talking about mental health when you are younger before you realize the developed stigma around the concept. Because once generations age a little bit, they tend to 
understand what they wish about life. And it can be hard to change that is some experiences I've had is I'm actually working on the health and wellness committee of student government at Iowa State. So I've been able to help a little bit with different mental health initiatives here as well. So it's it's amazing to hear about um, the different resources provided outside of the university for everybody in the world, the United States to just be able to access and learn about too. Based off of everything you just said, what would you say is the most important information and data on your charts or that you are sharing throughout presentations and webinars you may have? A a couple of things. One, of course, is the warning signs, because a lot of times when you, you you have a good friend and you see them change in some way, um, this could be a warning sign that, you know, if it's a very, for example, a very social person who all of a sudden is like, oh, I don't think I'm going to go to that family event or I'm not going to go to the, you know, to that meeting of my local farming association or whatever, um, or their property, which has always been very well maintained, all of a sudden is starting to fall into disrepair. So there, there's a list of those that are unique, again, to the challenges of rural America. Those are available on our website. Um, there's also information on training programs that people can take. These are training programs for what I call lay people, you know, people like us who are not psychiatrists, not psychologists, that um, they, such as QPR, which is uh, question, respond, and persuade. It's a short program. It's online. Because one of the things we do, it's just human nature. If someone does start to open up to you and says, you know, I've been experiencing challenges or I've been feeling much more depressed than usual lately, a lot of us are afraid what to say because we don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to make their situation worse. But by spending an hour taking a program like this, there's a, there's a nominal fee for it. Um, taking this QPR training, it, it gives people that the tools that they can use to help when they do have a friend or family member who may be experiencing some kinds of mental challenges. The other thing um and so there's there's a variety of different resources like that at ruralminds.org where uh, where people can uh, hopefully find information or get referred to another organization that will have the type of information that they need. The only other thing I would say quickly is also advocate. One of the things that um, if you're inclined toward political types of things, one of the challenges we know is that there's... There are 30% of Americans in rural areas who do not have broadband internet access. And there are other people who also may have internet, but it's, it's not very good and it's not very dependable. And we hear these, this talk about, Oh, you know, telehealth is going to be the answer for rural America. Boy, people are going to be, you know, even if they don't have a psychiatrist or a psychologist in their town, they can do a they can do a Zoom call with them. Well, that would be all well and good if you have Internet access. But if you don't have Internet access or if you don't have Internet access, you can depend upon that's really not the panacea that that people may think it is. So advocate for um, for better broadband, advocate for mental health programs in your in your state, in your community. If, if you're uh, if you're inclined to do that type of thing, because every person's voice is uh, is important. 
Absolutely, because it can be hard to come up with a solution that is end all be all. And I believe there's really no way to do that because every solution that is created, there's always more challenges that occur, which involves ending up just needing to continuously advocate through conversation, social media, and any way that doesn't even necessarily have to involve Wi-Fi, as you mentioned. Absolutely. And uh, just just being a friend. Sometimes that's, you know, just be, I, we talk a lot about, or I do at least about that sympathetic, non-judgmental ear. Sometimes the best thing you can do is, you know, just, if you have a friend who confides in you and if they feel comfortable confiding in you, just listen to what they have to say, be that non-judgmental, sympathetic ear. I mean, one of the things we've heard from people who have experienced mental health challenges, some people who've even attempted to take their own lives, and they say, you know, I tried to talk to my friend and, you know, my fellow farmer or, you know, whomever, and they went, oh, just bucket up, buttercup, you know, get on with your life. That's response is not is not very helpful to someone who is depressed or is having having thoughts of you know thoughts of suicide so being that sympathetic ear letting people know that they're that they're not alone and helping them to find the professional resources that can uh, that can help them to uh, to change their path truly and this is all great information that you are sharing, Julie. And I hope that all of our listeners would love to learn more. So could you repeat just one more time where they can find more information about Rural Minds, whether it be a website or social media? It's ruralminds.org. And you can also follow Rural Minds on all the traditional social media platforms. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, just search Rural Minds and uh, you'll you'll find us there. And we are on behalf of all of us at Rural Minds. Jennifer, I am very grateful for your time and this opportunity this afternoon. Absolutely. We thank you so much for joining us, too. Well, there we go, Jennifer. We wrapped up another day, another wonderful Ag News Daily episode. Listeners, we do this five days a week. So we're here every day. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back tomorrow morning. Right, Jennifer? Absolutely. We will be here bright and early for all of you. Perfect. But for today, what do you say? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go. Let's let them go.